<laughs> okay. Yeah, I'm not sure. I, you know, this with the the COVID uh, uh, new styles. I'm I don't think I'm quite fit into that yet. And and using all the streaming, a lot of the pastors have have mastered that. And so, welcome to those of you who are uh, joining us uh, on the streaming and who are uh, watching from home or from wherever you're at and and participating in this in this worship service. And it's it's good to have you as a part of this. I've, I've stressed to our pastors in the Hispanic churches over this last year and a half that we shouldn't make a really real distinction between those who are here physically and those who are gathered spiritually and, and emotionally, intellectually, being challenged by God's Spirit wherever you're at. Uh, God is at work, and He's not limited by space and time uh, and uh, I know that I've sat one of the uh, blessings that I've received over the last year and a half is just being able to jump in and and visit lots of different churches where they're they're working whereas I'd have to uh, travel from uh, one coast to the other coast to uh, be a part of a worship service I can instantaneously drop in and so welcome uh, those who are joining us and uh, those of you who are, are here in this place. As I was saying, I'm the director of the Coalition for Hispanic Ministries, working to develop and promote ministry in the Hispanic community, and that's uh, gone well, although it's been challenging over these last uh, two years. Uh, pastors who have been uh, just burdened as they've been trying to uh, serve and minister and in changing context, um, the, the politics, the disease, the, the deaths, uh, the hospitalizations, uh, and then knowing when to meet and when not to meet has, has just been uh, a question and, and a, a pressure on, on these ministries. And I can say, um, for instance, in, in our ministry that we launched, I think I announced it when I was here last, uh, two and a half years ago, something like that, where we were just getting things going in uh, uh, South Houston. We have a ministry center there, and we developed uh, some contacts in the community, offering some classes, getting to know people, and wouldn't you know, uh, those classes were not well received once COVID came along, and, and it was hard to develop that ministry. We ended up closing it down. The very talented pastor who was a part of that ministry and leading that and living in the facility uh, moved back to Guatemala, and, and so that we had to end that. Our San Antonio uh, church this past, uh, this past spring ended up closing down, in part due to the health of, of the lead pastor there that was planting the church, in part because of changes in the families who'd been involved, in part because they no longer had a place to meet in. And so when the pastor's health went downhill, the rest of the group felt, well, we don't really have a way of, of making this go. And so a friend's church there is, is closed down uh, this spring. And, and so we, we feel the weight of, of those changes. And, and you who are here, you who are listening in, um, are, are going through and have gone through maybe much deeper burdens than those kinds of things. I know some have lost family members. Some are dealing with health issues. Some have 
uh, just felt uh, conflict within within the family and and uh, are struggling with those things. Those are deep, deep burdens. It's been hard to face those things, um, especially in isolation when we can't come together and just hug each other as as we had been. Um, Thank God, with with some of the changes lately, we're being able to move forward in that. And but you know, I we we celebrated our um, North American Hispanic Friends Conference, which we were going to going to do um, in Chicago, Illinois. Our plan was to meet there uh, uh, just uh, last month in October, and the theme of the conference was, "This is our time." Of course, we planned that theme and that that conference back at a time where it looked like, oh, surely, surely this thing is going to be over by now. We're not going to have issues. And uh, we we uh, were making arrangements with uh, uh, some other churches where we we're going to be meeting and using their facilities. But as as things lingered on and as there was a surge uh, at the end of September and, and the COVID cases in the area and with Chicago as strict as they've been, and uh, there there weren't any churches or spaces that wanted to open uh, their facilities to us. And so instead of meeting together and celebrating that this is our time, <laughs> We met remotely and uh, online again and had a great conference uh, where we were able to actually come together live by Zoom and, and interact in that and have time of worship in that. And, and all those things uh, came together. Um, and one of the, the, the powerful words that came out of that conference was, this is our time. There's always something we can do. We can always act in the name of the Lord. We can always proclaim His goodness. Whether it's electronically, whether it's in person, whether it's in our communities, however it is. With our families and our our, uh, Zoom gatherings or uh, our family gatherings when we're finally able to get together and uh, hopefully this Thanksgiving will be a time of proclaiming. There's always something that we can do, that you can do, that I can do. And that's encouraging. This is our time. And so... As as you have been studying, and I, I I'm so thankful that uh, you know the, you've taken the theme. I I'm thankful to be here just before Thanksgiving because for me Thanksgiving is probably the most spiritual holiday that that we have uh, and that we celebrate in this country. Um, you know I, I I love Easter and the power of the resurrection. Of course. What pastor is going to uh, give up the pulpit on Easter Sunday? So I don't even get to preach those Sundays. Uh, but and and Christmas, I love Christmas. But commercialization and then Mother's Day and Father's Day. There's only so much you can say, you know, to to uh, say what great things that the mothers and the fathers do. But but Thanksgiving, wow, that gets to me at the heart. And and if you have that uh, the slide, gets really at the heart of what it is to walk with Jesus. The heart of what it is to live a life of faith. It's, it's connecting uh, ourselves to God. To give thanks 
in all circumstances. So I took that as my verse. Of course, you guys have been studying that, it, it sounds like, and, and in depth. And I thank God for that because he's, the Lord is preparing the way um, for, for something that we, each one of us, needs to put at the central part of, of our own lives and our own attitudes, giving thanks in, in all, all circumstances. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. First uh, Thessalonians 5.18 That's what God wants you and I to do. To give thanks, to give praise, to show our appreciation to God. God has created the world and is working in the world for His glory and for our blessing. We receive that. We receive so much that comes freely from his hand. And even though there is suffering and pain, and, and you know that uh, for your own lives and experience, the loss, even though those things come, in the middle of those experiences, we see God's hand revealed in power and glory and love and graciousness. Give thanks in all circumstances. It's been a difficult year, but I appreciate this this verse and the kind of life um, that's, that reflects the reality of this verse, of giving thanks in all circumstances. And so I'd like to read with you um, these verses, just beginning with uh, verse uh, uh, 15. Can we move up to uh, 15? And, and if you would stand with me and we'll read these uh, uh, verses. We, we, uh, I, I had a slide, but it wasn't big enough. So this, this you'll be able to read with me. Let's, let's speak these words loudly. Make sure that nobody pays back wrong for wrong, but always try to be kind to each other and to everyone else. Be joyful always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. The next verse, please. Yeah, we're going, going through uh, 24. Yeah. Do not put out the Spirit's fire. Do not treat prophecies with contempt. Test everything. Hold on to the good. Avoid every kind of evil. May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. The one who calls you is faithful, and he will do it. Amen. Thank you, Kathy. Okay, you may be seated. Thank you so much. Thanksgiving is a kind of worship because it positions us in humility before God to proclaim the greatness of God. We find ourselves in harmony with God as we recognize his goodness and power and as we proclaim that in giving thanks. I'm not sure how it might be in your family, um, but I know that in my family, things work out better 
when I'm thankful instead of critical. My wife, and she's here, she can testify to this. <laughs> okay, I think I'd be the same way, though. <laughs> My wife doesn't particularly like for me to tell her how to drive and make lane changes on the highway. You know, she she does pretty well she, by herself, but uh, she she much prefers when I thank her for the good driving she does on long trips when I'm making my office on the in the passenger seat and she drives for hours and hours on her own and and drives very well. Thank you, Joyce. <laughs> it just works out better when I'm thankful instead of critical. Sometimes I just can't help myself. I have to watch that. You ever find that? Why, you know, I guess criticism and correction, look at the, the, the faults, or the failures of the other person or the things that you might consider failures and the other person maybe not so much. <laughs> you know, we, we judge through our own eyes. Now, correction has its place and, and I want to share with uh, you a little bit about that later on when we're talking about the prophecies and and uh, uh, respecting and receiving those, those prophecies for our lives. But part of the problem is the balance. How much time are we spending in our relationship being critical and correcting what's going on in another person? And how much time are we spending in thanking that person and recognizing the good things that that, that person does? The same can be true in our relationship with God. How much time do we spend complaining, oh, how can you let this happen, God? And why is this going on in the world? And why don't you put a stop to that? And how much time do we spend, or even, even just in our prayer, God, do this, God, do that, God, do this. And how much time do we say, oh, God, look at what you've done, the beautiful work that you've done, the grace that you've shown to me, the way you've preserved and cared for my family, for my church, the light that goes out in your name. Correction has its place. We'll look at that. But one of the distinctives of of our friend's heritage as being part of the, the, the Quaker movement was the emphasis on the light of God that goes out and, and came into the world but the light that lightens, illumines every human being in John chapter 1, verse 9, where it says, the true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. That's an encouraging word. Because that means that even in the most hardened sinner, in the person who's, who's allowed evil to reign in his or her life, that the light of God has already gone out to some extent. It's not a saving light, but it's an influence. There is good. There is our things positive to be seen. And that's a freeing word because we don't need to spend our time judging and picking out the evil. We can highlight the light of God that's at work and the good that's being done. In his, in his name or even just in the natural state. Maybe we respond better to thankfulness than to correction because of the way each one of us 
judges and our own limited perspective on things, uh, and we have a tendency to judge by what's in our own interest, the things that we would like to see. Uh, we criticize and correct based on uh, things that we like and that we would like for others not to do. <laughs> we are, in a way, running uh, down other people when we correct, when we pick out their faults. But when we give thanks, we recognize the value that is in the other person, the good, the positive thing. What is our balance? How are we revealing our own character and our own self-centeredness in the things that we say to others, in the light that we share? You know, it, it's not just the things that we receive from God, the things, but it's also the opportunities that we can give thanks to God for, for our own growth. The challenges that come in our lives. Uh, I'll never forget, I had a friend that's called, uh, his, his name was Jack Ruff, uh, uh, one might call him a weighty friend from our home church in northeastern Ohio. And when we were getting ready to go onto the mission field, uh, we had two young daughters at the time. And at that time, this is a few years back, the airlines would allow you to take luggage to large pieces, one larger and one a little smaller, but we could use trunks for both of those pieces of luggage and pack in 80 pounds maximum uh, of whatever you want in, into those bags to take on as, as part of your luggage allotment. You remember, you didn't have to pay for every piece of luggage that you, you took. And at that time, we, with our four kids going for a, or with our two kids, excuse me, going for a full year uh, to uh, Costa Rica, we had uh, two suitcases, two bags, trunks for each one of us, and each one of them was pegged to 80 pounds, okay? So now, you can imagine getting to the airport, you're not going to just hop in your typical passenger car. Now, Jack Ruff was a friend of ours. He had been a mentor of, of both of ours as we, we came into the Friends Church. He's one of these guys that, you know, he, he was in his 50s, white hair, and, and uh, we were in our, our, our teens when we came into the youth group, and we weren't the typical church kids. We, hadn't, we didn't know what, it, what we're supposed to do in a church. Uh, but we were just loving God and wanting to seek Him, and and this guy just loved us with his with open arms and received us. And well, it was him that volunteered to take our luggage to the airport. And and I imagine he had a van, and I imagine he had to take the seats out of the van to get those eight pieces of uh, eighty pound <laughs> luggage. Uh, to the airport for us, and we we rode in other cars with our our parents who uh, wanted to say goodbye to us for a year. And and at the airport, Jack came up to us and said, "Thank you so much for letting me take you to the airport." <laughs> okay, can you imagine? I thought he was joking. Are you kidding, Jack? <laughs> yeah, this was this was such a blessing to us for him to be willing to do that. But he said, thank you. And he, he meant it. He was just so grateful to, the, to have the opportunity to serve 
Are you open to giving thanks for the opportunities to serve, to suffer, to make sacrifices so that God can work through you? That was a lesson to me that Jack gave. Make sure that nobody pays back wrong for wrong, Paul says, but always strive to do what is good for each other. That's within the family of God. It goes without saying, although we need to say it sometimes, don't we? You know, for each other and for everybody else. Even people who are not like us, even people who don't love God, even people who are in rebellion against God, always strive to do what is good for each other. The redemptive work of God and of Christ does not come through judging the world. Although there are times, unfortunately, in the church when it seems like Christians think so. The redemptive work of God isn't in judging. The transformation that Christ would bring, the renovation of our understanding, comes as we allow the goodness of God to flow through us and bless other people. Christ did not come into the world to crush sin. There will come a time. There is a day when God will judge and all will be revealed and all sin will be destroyed and all evil and every evildoer. That's not the time yet. Christ's work now is to redeem what was lost with his own sacrifice by overcoming evil with good. And that's not a pattern that he lived just for himself, but he called us as well to take up our cross and follow him, to sacrifice ourselves um, and our own interests in the interests of the kingdom of God and of those who need to be reached. I was listening to a, a friend of mine, a Cuban pastor who's working in uh, pastoring a friend's church in Miami. And he was quoting another, and, and he said, this pastor said that, love me when I least deserve it. Love me when I least deserve it, because that's when I need it most. And isn't that true for each one of us? That's when we need it. Not when we're being kind and lovable, you know, when we're being cranky and, uh, and, and ungodly. That's when we need that touch from others. Now in the verses 15 through 18, and uh, if we can go back a few, uh, look at some of those highlights, there's, there's, there's uh, raised a question of, of time. Uh, Paul talks about always, continually, in all circumstances, uh, maybe you can go back to that other uh, that other slide with the highlighting, if you don't mind. Um, uh, always, continually, in all circumstances, always strive for what is good. Rejoice always. Pray continually. 
give thanks in all circumstances. So, so my question is, well, what, how, how do we work that into our schedules? You know? But this isn't a question of scheduling these things. You can move a, a couple forward. Um, another, another, next one, I think. There we go. <laughs> um, how do we work that all in? But it's not a question of scheduling, is it? It's a men, uh, it's a, uh, a measure of the transformed life that Paul talks about in Romans chapter 12, uh, verse 2. Don't be conformed to this world. Don't follow its patterns of self-centeredness and self-righteousness. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind and the Spirit of God. So that we're not trying to pray every day all the time, but we're living in the spirit of prayer in communion with God and, and just sharing with him our feelings, our thoughts, so that day and night we, we're aware of God around us. Likewise, as we, we look at the doing good, always striving to do what is good, it doesn't mean we always get it right. It doesn't mean that we're always thinking about doing that good, but we're our, our intention of our heart and the, the work that we do is striving to always do good to each other and to everyone and continually uh, praying and, and rejoicing always just joyful that God is with us and we can see evidence of, of his power at work and redemption at work all around in our lives, in our family's lives. You see people who don't reflect this. I, I guess I, I've seen some pastors who are <laughs> pretty bitter um, and, and living and criticizing everyone else's ministry but their own and trying to raise themselves up. And, and that's a sad thing because it doesn't reflect the joy that should be and can be in the kingdom of God of living in, in that transformed life and, and constantly reflecting the, the life of, and joy of, of God's power. Uh, Paul says, do not, and, and the version that I uh, was using is, do not quench the spirit. And that means putting out the fire of God that would, would burn and, and uh, the unrighteousness in ourselves, burn it away. It's living water that heals. Don't quench that movement of God and, uh, by not allowing the Spirit to flow. In thanksgiving, we allow that goodness of the Spirit to flow through us because we're connected with the living and true uh, light of God. We're allowing God to burn out the, uh, the evil in us. Are you thankful even for the ways that God corrects you? Even if it comes through your spouse? <laughs> or a son or a daughter? Um, are you open to hearing those ways that you need to improve? And... Uh, you know, wives and husbands, I think we're all the, in, the same in this. It's, it's hard to receive uh, those 
words of, of criticism or correction from someone who's close to us. But praise be to God when we're open to that. And don't quench the spirit that wants to do a work and wants to perfect us in, in his love and in his grace. And when Paul talks about the prophecies and talks about the, the uh, uh, not treating prophecies with contempt, he's talking to us about you and listening to Jim's messages, isn't he? <laughs> The prophetic word that comes from this pulpit week after week and the messages that you receive are prophetic words from God for your life. Do you treat them with contempt? You go home and say, oh, man, he really missed the mark on that one, didn't he? Uh, I, I didn't know what he was talking about. Or uh, he sure went a long time on that message, didn't he? Um, and, uh, or, or do you receive it that word he spoke was for me today. I think I can make some changes in my prayer life. As, as Jim was, Pastor Jim was talking last week, the different ways of praying. I think I can make some changes in the way I'm praying that will benefit me and the people that I'm praying for. What can I do to honor those prophecies that I'm receiving? That's gold that's coming from the pulpit each Sunday. So don't treat prophecies with contempt. Yes, test them. And, and I would say that, um, you know, I, I'm not saying in, in this message, I hope you understand, and Paul certainly isn't saying that, that everything is good and everything is wonderful, that uh, we're thankful for all circumstances. Of course, we're not. There is evil in the world. There's, there's death and there's loss and pain. We're not, we're not thankful for the evil, but we're thankful for the ways that God works in overcoming the evil, the ways that God manifests himself in dark times through his light. And so it's uh, not just having a positive attitude. That's not going to do the job. You know, we're testing these things. I've seen... Christian groups go off dark paths and away from the, the truth of Scripture by uh, uh, just uh, trusting in um, uh, whatever word was spoken from the pulpit. No, we, we, we're going to test things. We're going to reject every kind of evil, um, every kind of uh, thing that goes away <laughs> as a I want to go to Spanish now. Desviacion, uh, 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 detour, <laughs> excuse me, from what's revealed in Scripture. We want to hold on to the right of the truth, and um, even in the church. So it's, it's um, often what is said and done does not represent the kingdom of God. There are radical, judgmental Christians who are harsh and uncaring and only looking at themselves and what they can get out of Christ uh, or out of church. There are worldly Christians who let the patterns of this world just form their lives as they live from day to day. There is evil, but we have the hope of the blessing 
and the promise of these last verses in 20, verses 23 and 24. May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The one who calls you is faithful and he will do it. The assurance that this is God's battle and we can give thanks to him because he's going to carry it to, to completion as we trust in him. You notice it's not uh, what he says here. It's not, may you escape the fires of hell and have your ticket punched for heaven. That's almost a side benefit. You know what I'm saying? The primary task that God wants to do in you is to make you holy, to make you reflect his character in the world. It's not, may you have a good time in church each Sunday. That's, that's not the, the, the blessing and the, the prayer of Paul in these verses. Oh, yeah, we can have a great time in church each Sunday, but that's not the main thing, okay? It's not just escaping hell. It's not just having a good time when we're together. It's not here. Or may your family prosper and enjoy life together. Oh, we love to see that. We love to see great families that, that celebrate each other and enjoy each other's company and are are doing well in the in the world, but that's that's not that's not Paul's plea or petition for us. No. May God Himself, that God of peace, sanctify you through and through in every aspect of your life. And thanksgiving becomes a part of that as we receive and as we're, we stop resisting the work of the Holy Spirit who would carry us into this life of abundance and holiness. So, what are the things, just summarizing, that this passage teaches us for today and for this Thanksgiving Day that we're going to be celebrating in a few days? Well, first of all, is that first verse was bless others. Bless others. Find ways that you can contribute to their well-being, to their lives. Build them up. Give thanks to them for who they are, for what's going on in their lives, even if it's hard to find those things. <laughs> Take the time to find ways to bless, not to curse, not to repay Evil for evil, bless others. And then the next is to live in the awareness of God's presence and power as you worship and serve Him. Rejoicing always, of course, because God's with us. We're, we're, we know that He's here. We're praying, we're in communion with Him, we're, we're just enjoying life with, with God because we see His hand at work. Live in that awareness in these days. Every day. Make it a discipline. Um, I, I think uh, Kathy mentioned maybe a journal. Um, you know, and and uh, you know, find a way to write some things down. Don't just make a list of the things that you want uh, for your prayer list, but make a list of the things that you see God doing so that have your eyes open. And then let God have his way with you. In In... All areas, no room closed to his inspection, 
and uh, no room closed to his, uh, his presence. Every area of your life open and ready to receive the, the correction and the upbuilding, the changes that he wants to make. Let him have his way because that's where life is for each one of us. You know, I'm gonna, I'd, I'd like to close just reading um, a note, a note to Jono. <laughs> Jono is a, my grandson. And I wrote this uh, a couple years ago because it was a moment uh, when, when we were together. And it was May 8th, 2019. Lots changed since then. He's grown since then. He was three years old. But I wrote this just after spending some time with him. And I share this with you, uh, hoping that uh, um, it'll minister to your heart as it ministered to mine being with him. I said, you are young. You may forget. I am old. I will probably forget too. And be forgotten. So I am taking this time to write this down. I should do this more often. Not all of life's momentous moments are momentous. But tonight, you sat beside me on the couch. That's it. With almost 60 years between us, we sat next to each other, our hips and sides together as we ate kale. You love strong flavors. And I introduced you to the vinegar on my kale that seemed sour to you at first, but you grew used to it as you dipped your finger in and touched it to your tongue. You had come to our house for comfort and distraction after being bitten by about a dozen fire ants from your first bad encounter with those creatures while you were at the church with Kids Can Do. You often come to me for comfort. And I love to hold you in my arms and talk to you about the world, whatever life seems to bring your way. Oh, excuse me. Uh, some of its, uh, talk to you about the world, sorry. Some of its strong flavors are unpleasant, but you have always thrown yourself headlong into whatever, se whatever life seems to bring your way. You, at three, are impulsive, fun-loving, and unafraid, and we sat together on the couch. I wish I could be with you through all your painful moments, but I know I will miss too many of them. The joyful moments also have their charm, like the joy that bubbled over in you when we were able to get the frisbee off of the roof this evening when we went to pick the kale from your father's garden. You danced with delight when we found the way to knock it down, knowing that your brother and sister would be impressed. Every accomplishment should be celebrated. Each one lightens the burden of life and lessens the pain. We sat together on the couch and drank the water you served for yourself out of the refrigerator, a new skill that you've recently acquired. There are so many more to come. Nothing much needed to be said in that moment. The moment was enough. Two friends in good company. You remind me so much of my father-in-law. 
It was he who immediately welcomed me to his family when I was proposing marriage to his daughter. Your mannerisms and gestures, your facial expressions bring me joy to see him in you. And so pass the generations. Will you someday see me in another? When you someday sit beside your grandson, will there be some vestige of this moment we shared this evening, bringing quiet contentedness to your soul? You are young. You may forget. I am old. I will likely forget. But this evening, we sat together on the couch. And I share that just to share that it's in the simple moments in all of life's circumstances that we can feel the touch of God's love and presence and power and joy. And we can experience God to give thanks to Him in all those things. Give thanks in all circumstances for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Amen. Let me just pray for you. I'm not sure how we end things on, on the streaming, or but uh, I would pray for you. And would you stand with me? I, I was thinking about having a time of offering thanksgiving. And you've already done that and well. And I so appreciate that. If you can live in that spirit. Lord, we thank you for the many blessings of life, for the challenges that we walk through, for the people that walk through those things with us. Lord, let your word go forth before us. Let your kingdom grow and be known in the world. Let us be thoroughly through and through made holy to reflect your truth and your life and love. We give you thanks, Lord, for being present with us today in this place and for being present with each and every person who's hearing this, this podcast or hearing this message and sharing in this time remotely. We recognize that you are the great God of all things and we put ourselves into your hands once again knowing that you will do it. You will accomplish your purposes. You will fulfill your promises to us and Lord, all we need to do is just to open ourselves to not quench that spirit, to allow you to work. Have your way, Lord, in each one of us. We pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we would give you thanks, not only on Thanksgiving Day, we would give you thanks in all circumstances, Lord, because you are worthy of our thanks and our praise and our worship. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. I suppose you're dismissed. May the Lord bless you and give you peace.